I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to this episode of The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer, reality competition TV fanatic and a 100% faithful. Promise. The Trader is a deep dive into each episode of the TV show filled with mind games, missions and murder, The Traitors. Beginning with the most recent US version of the show, streaming now on Peacock and BBC. Thanks so much for listening in again. It's lovely to have new followers on social media and on all the podcast platforms. It's great to hear from you too, so drop me a wee hello message and let me know what you're enjoying about the podcast or anything else you'd like to hear included. I have a great guest on today's episode, but before I introduce them, let's talk about the latest traitors developments and updates in TT News. Firstly, an update on the board game, which I mentioned in a previous episode. Two games companies, Vivid Goliath and Identity Games, are partnering with All3 Media International to distribute the official Traitors board game in the UK and air, and that will be on shelves in September 2023. Now, although this is still eight months away, UK contestants Wolf Webster and Hannah Bichkovsky attended a launch event on the 24th of January at the Toy Fair held in the London Olympia. The event is only held once a year, so the game makers obviously want to take the chance to showcase the game ahead of time rather than wait until 2024, and I'll keep you updated on any pre-order information. Some UK Traitors news. Studio Lambert, who produced The Traitors UK and All3 Media, released The Traitors, the official soundtrack on Spotify and Apple Music on January the 27th. 
It's essentially a fantastic playlist of 74 mainly contemporary songs used in the show. It's all very haunting and ominous and you'll definitely recognise some of the instrumentals from the most dramatic moments in the programme. Highlights include Florence and the Machine, Tribal Blood, Portals, composer Ludovico Einaudi and various songs from Zwei, including an incredible sinister remake of Toxic by Britney Spears. Finally, a combination of UK and US news. As well as being available on demand on BBC iPlayers, The Traitors US has now been added to the live broadcast schedules on BBC One and BBC Three in the UK. The show will be available on BBC One as Double Bills on Wednesday nights at 10.40pm for five weeks from the 25th of January. And it will also be available on BBC Three on various nights around 8pm across three weeks beginning Tuesday the 24th of January. Today on The Trader, we're taking a look at episode 5 of The Traitors US and to help me do that, I have a brilliant guest along. Let's meet them. My guest this episode on The Trader is John Gilmer-Smith. John plays guitar in Glasgow-based blues and rock band Bison Hip, along with fellow members Paul, Malcolm, Stephen and Graham. The band formed during the Covid lockdown via Zoom and released their EP Dear Greens and Blues in March 2022. John, welcome to The Trader. How are you doing? I'm good, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Good to be Um, here. Looking forward to it. Now, you might tell me a little bit more about the EP and the music later on. Uh, Firstly, maybe you can tell us a bit more about how did the band form? How did this come about during lockdown? Well, we've all known each other for a long time, um, probably 30 years, maybe more. And we were having one of those you know, those Zoom catch-ups that everyone did yeah, during lockdown yeah. when we couldn't see anyone. Uh-huh. And uh, Paul was the guy who mentioned that we just happened to have all the constituent members to start a band. Um, and we made this joke about, we'll start a band in our 50s, and we all laughed. And you know, a few whiskeys later, we all thought it was a fantastic idea. And <laughs> the next morning, everyone still wanted to do it. And we started writing and working towards coming out of lockdown, which we did. So, yeah, it was like, it wasn't a really a big plan. We'd half mentioned it in the past but on that night it just seemed to be a great idea and we and we went for it and it's just rolled and rolled since then and we've recorded had a couple of eps out and working on finishing off our album now and getting ready to gig so yeah it's been great fun fantastic that sounds like how all the best ideas start i reckon um, yeah a couple of malt whiskies yeah yeah yep <laughs> what about the name of the band where where does the name bison hip come from it was a Paul special. He just had a couple of names that he was uh, kicking around. At one point, the word lip was involved, and yeah. someone made a joke about we should make it hip because at our age, one of us is going to have <laughs> a replacement hip soon. And and that that joke just kept going. And before we know it, we decided on bison hip, and that was it. It was so it's nothing particularly clever, unfortunately. I see. I see. Now you've obviously been very busy working on music and recording and getting things ready for your album release. Yeah. But you've found time to watch some of the Traitors US. Um, I did, yeah. When did you discover it? How did you come across it? I saw, I didn't know that much about it. I saw advertising TV for the British one and thought it looked quite interesting. Saw a little bit of it. I, was, I, I liked it, but I'm not a massive Claudia fan. So I, I just, I kind of dismissed it. And then it was later on when I was pointed in the direction of it and I started to watch it then. And, and I'm really enjoying the US one. It's, it's, 
very different, probably just the difference between British people and American people. There's a difference in, you know, their personalities and stuff like that. I found it quite interesting. Yeah, now I'm, I'm going to have to move past what you've just said about Claudia. Now I realise this is an audio, audio medium. I'm holding up. Uh, Claudia's book. <laughs> a picture of now I did find Claudia's book for one pound in yeah, the works. Yeah, it's a pound. Yeah, yeah, and, I noticed uh, that. Yeah. I felt like I couldn't resist, but yeah. I, I do like Claudia. And am I right in thinking, John? We're going to discuss episode five today. You, yes. that's yes. you haven't gone beyond that, so you don't know what's coming next. No, I'm on the cliffhanger of the end of episode five at the moment. Okay, great. So we'll get to that in due course. Now. Yeah. John, if you were playing the traitors, what do you think you would prefer to be, a faithful or a traitor? Oh, I'd love to be a traitor, absolutely. <laughs> as soon as it started and as you, as you got to get introduced to everybody, I thought, oh, I definitely want to be the traitor then. Absolutely. Okay. okay. So, you th- so you think you'd, you'd be quite good at lying? Yeah, I'd be great at it. I, but more than anything, I think I'd be... I would love being able to be responsible for the chaos. I, I know I know that even as into episode five, some of the guys are starting to struggle with some of the ethics of that, but I think I'd really enjoy watching them squirm, yeah. Yeah, well, leading yeah. on from there, I'm going to ask you, John, something to ask all the guests. What is your biggest betrayal? <laughs> so that could be your biggest, best, worst or funniest lie that you've uh, ever told. My biggest betrayal... Um, I would say, well, probably the the silliest betrayal ever was uh, many, many years ago, about 20 odd years ago, my friend and I were in Edinburgh on a night out and we were sitting right across from a bunch of very well-spoken students who were obviously going to some university in Edinburgh and they were having this discussion about astrology and tarot and various things and, and I had that kind of interest that all people in the rock music had an in, have an interest in some of the occult at some point. So I knew a little <laughs> bit about the Golden Dawn Tarot and what have you. So I started talking to them and I convinced them I could read Tarot, which I couldn't. I just knew a little bit about it. And I'd, I'd recently read quite a lot of, a couple of cold reading books that I got out of the library. So I was trying out cold reading. I must have impressed them enough that they thought I genuinely could read Tarot. Yeah. And I got a little bit confused about what they were asking, but they invited me to come over to a party, which I thought was a party, and it turned out I was being invited to do a tarot reading, and then they were going to, I was going to read the tarot, and they were, they were going to tell me why it was nonsense, and all. but I, so I turned up for the party, uh, and they were expecting a tarot reading, and I turned up for the party with no tarot cards, thinking I was going to dance the night away, so yeah. um, that didn't go down very well, and it wasn't a very successful night, and I think so, I think we betrayed them, because they had a very different idea of what we were, um, what we were going to do that night. Yeah, so you were you were a better liar than you realised you were. Yeah, that, I, was, well, I obviously managed to convince them. That might have been because they were drunk as well, I suppose. That do, that does make me think you'd probably be quite a good traitor in the game. Yeah, I think it could be. We're going to put that to the test, actually, John, because we are going to play the Trader Traitor. Our goal throughout the episode, from here on in, is to tell one lie to one another. Okay. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact. So it can't be a fake opinion. Like saying you think Kate is horrible and annoying when actually you think she's reality TV gold. Mm. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Okay. Does this sound good? That sounds excellent. Now, before I move on, I actually have to reveal last week's lie. So in last week's episode... I played the Trader Traitor with the listeners. I don't know if anybody managed to guess it. A couple of people have made suggestions but are completely wrong. The thing that I made up last week was 
that in the note that Kate and Brandy wrote, there was no picture of Alan in the corner. That was totally made up. I just created that. So it wasn't true at all. There was no picture. Or if there was, I didn't see it. So it's time to discuss episode five. Let's go. So, episode five begins with some ongoing discussions amongst the traitors uh, from the previous episode, and they're thinking about who to murder off, and it seems like they've narrowed it down to Ryan or Kyle. So we're left wondering which one they're going to pick, and we move on to breakfast as we always do. The players start to come in. There's some funny moments with Kate, as there always are. I notice that Kate describes Rachel's personality as abrasive and therefore annoying, which I find quite... Uh, <laughs> ironic coming from Kate. <laughs> um, John, any Kate's quite a divisive character. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kate? I love Kate. I love Kate. <laughs> I, I, I also I was incredibly disappointed when Brandy went out um, uh, because yeah. I think they were gold together. They're unbelievably annoying, but um, <laughs> but like they kind of try to be. So yes. whereas some of the other ones are annoying and they don't even know it. <laughs> I think Kate and Brandy knew they were like that. Um, I think she's fantastic. She pulls incredibly funny faces uh, yeah. and clearly doesn't really like anyone. <laughs> so yeah. I think she's great. Yeah, I don't think she's too bothered about making friends. Uh, no. I think she, she's been on reality TV before. Like She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Now, when Christian and Cody come into breakfast, they obviously have to act like they don't know what's going on and they don't know who's still left to come. Uh, Sari is not impressed with their acting. Uh, she describes Christian as being like a B-movie actor yeah. and she thinks that Cody just looks like a nervous wreck and that if she can spot that, everybody can spot that. I've, I've noticed We've noticed this over the weeks that Cody seems to kind of be struggling a bit with, with his role as a traitor. He often looks quite nervous, quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I think he's um, he, he he wants to be friends with people, uh, and that's obviously in his nature. And yeah. I think he struggles because as people are talking to him, maybe in a in, in a trusting way, I think he's really struggling with that. Um, I think so. Whereas Christians, he's quite a a big personality, and I think at times I thought he was going to get caught early when Brandy was on to him early. Yeah. I thought he'd get caught because he was almost trying too hard. Uh, uh-huh. Like pulling slightly exaggerated gasps when he'd find out who he'd killed, <laughs> and you know it seemed a little bit too much. But he seems to recover from that, and it, Cody seems to be like the one that's really toiling. Uh huh. I think because Christian's so kind of um, over the top all the time that it, it it's, it's probably starting to not look like bad acting. I think everybody just thinks that's what he's like. That, so that might be what he's like. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the players come in one by one and as the last person arrives we realise that Ryan is gone mm. and at that point we flash back to the discussion the night before and we figure out why they decided to murder Ryan. They, their theory is that he's he's so friendly that no one will really understand why why anybody would get rid of him and yeah. because Cody and Christian are quite pally with Ryan no one will suspect that they would do that to their friend. So that, that seems to be the tactic that they've gone with. Alan arrives soon after in another one of his fab outfits, yeah. uh, Scottish as Scottish can be. And I, I get the impression that Alan's actually having the time of his life doing this. He seems to be really getting into it. Uh, am yeah. I right in thinking yeah. you're, you're a bit of a fan of Alan? Yeah, I like Alan. He's, um, he, he, he plays the part really, really well in this. Uh, 
you know, he's got, frankly, the worst Scottish accent for a Scottish person <laughs> I've ever heard, uh, which is really funny. And I, I don't know what that's got to do with Aberfeldy, quite honestly, but um, but he really, really uh, plays the part well. And I, I think he's ideal for the role. And maybe that's why I, I, I like this one more than perhaps the, the British one, because he's got a bit of something about him. Yeah, he does. He does. He, he's he's playing it quite differently than Claudia. Yeah. Um. There's a lot going on online about Alan's uh, accent, particularly the way that he says dollars. Yeah, uh, it's, but... hilarious. it's hilarious, <laughs> isn't it? It's hilarious. It is. It is. We'll we'll probably come across that when we get to the mission. Yeah. Um, my favourite part of these breakfast ceremonies is Alan taking the picture of the person who's just been murdered and throwing it on the floor. Yeah. Uh, he's, and, he's got and a couple of seconds of sympathy before he just tosses it aside. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, I was reading. There was some interview or something with Shelby or Kate or something online saying it. I think at some point he stops doing that. Um, I think he was damaging the floor and the people that own that house were had to step in right. and say, "Can you tell me stop doing that?" Please? Right. So that's so, why that oh, ends so at some point. You're telling me it's not actually his castle then? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm sorry to no. break the illusion. It's not really no, Alan's really castle. I know. I know. Gutted. So Ryan wasn't reality TV though. He was um, oh, he yeah. was a swimmer, wasn't he? Yeah, right. He was an, Ryan was an Olympian. Uh, yeah, he's like really successful. Like he's got something like twelve. Let me see. I do have it written down somewhere. Yeah, he's a twelve-time Olympic. Uh, you know, twelve different medals at the Olympics. Well, so he was yeah. one of the few people I did know before the program. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of the Olympics, and I don't remember ever seeing him. <laughs> now, something uh, a bit shifty happens at breakfast here, Cody. He takes it upon himself to tell Kyle that before he was murdered, the last thing that Ryan said to him last night was that he had some suspects in mind, including Kyle and Ari and Rachel. And Kyle immediately picks up on this as yeah. not being quite right. He, he no. sees straight through Cody's lie. This is something. This is a something that has happened on other versions of the Traitors, and this is not a spoiler. Something very similar happens in the Traitors Australia. One of the Traitors takes it upon themselves to contrive this mad lie about someone who was just murdered, and it does not work out well. So Cody's doing the same thing here. Doesn't yeah. seem like a very good idea. It almost seemed like had he maybe mentioned one name, he might have got away with that. But the fact that he, he actually gives the three names, that it just seemed too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after breakfast, we move around the house and the players start to have some discussions. Sari notices that Kate and Rachel are really not getting on very well. And yeah. uh, Kate, you know, Kate gets up and walks out of the room as soon as Rachel comes and sits down. And yeah. Sari starts to wonder if maybe she can use this against them in some way, which is very clever of her to pick up on these things. Yeah. Quentin picks up on Kyle and he starts to suspect him. He thinks that Kyle's very good at directing people down the wrong road at the round table and shifting mm -hmm. attention away from, from himself and, and maybe from people who actually are traitors. Yeah. And that's something that comes back again later in the episode. Kyle's kind of under the spotlight here. It's it's really fascinating. And obviously the audience, we know that Kyle's not a traitor at all. It's fascinating the theories that they come up with, the way yeah. that they try and convince themselves about who's a traitor. Yeah, I, I sort of I could understand that one about Kyle because he did, he was very vocal at every round table. 
And there is that thing, isn't there, sometimes that almost you're saying too much. And it felt a little bit like, had I been sitting on the faithful side, I, I might have had that. Yeah. Which where I never felt that about Kate, regardless of the fact that she was so mouthy. Yes. But um, Kyle, I felt as if he was definitely trying to manipulate it in a direction. And I suspect he was, but just not the direction that everyone else thought he was. You know? uh-huh. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and that's something that I talked about in the previous episode. Kyle stepped up in the last mission to be a kind of leader and I, and I often think that's maybe not a great idea in games like this to be so vocal and to try and be in charge it just makes yourself look a bit suspicious I reckon yeah. I think it's better to be a little bit more in the background in this game to get further ahead Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So speaking of missions, we move on to the mission for this episode, which involves some strange masked figures in a church, which is quite creepy. Um, For some reason, it's never really explained. As soon as they walk in, Angelica is having a bit of a meltdown about the people in masks. I don't know if she's got some sort of underlying fear here. Uh, We just see her getting very upset. No idea what's going on there. I've got some thoughts on this this mission. Uh, John, what do you think about this mission? This is my favourite mission so far. I think, <laughs> I, I think. well, um, I know what you mean about Angelica when she first came in. She's, she also suffers from a disease where she has to do a funny walk when she enters the breakfast room every morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why. But I, I like this mission because it was the, the proper first time I felt as if they started to get really against one another. The two t- teams were really pitted against one another in a way that I hadn't seen before. Up to that point, for the most part, they were relatively together. Even when they were separated into teams, they were trying to... This felt, this felt a little bit less about the common cause and more about individual teams this time. So I yeah. liked it. And the fact that one team did really well and the other did really badly was uh, made it quite interesting. Yeah, the the team doing badly, of course, being Kate and Rachel's team. Who yeah. I mean, Kate Kate just seems annoyed by Rachel's existence anywhere near <laughs> <Yeah>. her. <laughs> so that doesn't make for great team play. No, and and it was great because all the way through it, it kept every time it cut to Rachel, she would say, "I'm really great at something," and then she'd be really <laughs> terrible at it right after it. So, um, and Kate's face all the way through it was hilarious. Yeah, similarly, Kyle. There's this terrible job of just remembering <laughs> numbers. <laughs> and, this, and the time yeah. it takes him uh, to walk from the confession booth to the altar, he's already he, forgotten what Alan said. Totally I think he even does it a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder what... Now, you like, the, you like the fact that they're in teams and it's competitive. I sort of wonder... On one hand, I feel like, well, they're all they're all competing for the same money that's going into the same prize fund, so it's not really competitive. On the other hand, I understand 
they want to maybe mess with them psychologically and they want yeah. to kind of create enemies. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's the purpose behind it all. Yeah, because uh, I think there was that they, they create two two different two different types of teams. They create the actual teams that are playing against one another, but there was also almost like teams within teams. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I know what you mean, but there is a competitive nature in the sense that ultimately everybody wants the money, so yeah. they're actually competing against everyone else in some shape or form. So it's that whole I want to work as a team, but I know ultimately I'm gonna have to get rid of you. So yeah, yeah I thought there was, I thought the dynamic of that was the the most interesting one yet. You could see a, a difference in the faces of those that weren't doing well in it. And I suppose it's effective as well because, I mean, you've sort of just said this, that although there's they're creating enemies, they're also creating strong bonds amongst the teams and yeah. therefore that that exaggerates the tension later when they're going to, or they, they might have to turn on one another. So, right, so maybe yeah. that's part of it as well. Yeah. Now, I was going to go really hard on this task. You said it's your favourite yet. My my note is dumbest task in the show. I'll say no more. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, I know what you mean about the actual task itself. The, the kind of the physical task, I didn't think was hugely interesting. But I, I but what I just I, I enjoyed the task the most just because of how how different they were all starting to act in it. The previous yes. task, which was the uh, uh, the wheel that they were in asking questions, yeah. was an interesting task, but. There was a little bit of tension there, but not as much. There was they were still being quite friendly with one another, and yeah, I yes. felt as if that's that's the first time I started to see proper fractures, and okay. which is what made me like it. I see, I see. That's fair enough. That makes sense. So by the end of the mission, they won twenty thousand dollars. No thanks to one of the teams, which means the total prize fund at this point is one hundred and fourteen thousand nine hundred dollars. So you know we're getting we're getting quite far into this big prize fund here. Doesn't uh, Alan round the dollars up later he, he, on? He does. He does. Uh, <laughs> he, he likes to. That happens a couple of times in the series. He's, right. he's generous. He rounds a hundred dollars up here and there. So is after, it real dollars? Is it or is it Alan dollars? <laughs> I think it could be Alan dollars and his funny accent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we went. Used to have a caravan in Aberfeldy, and I don't remember anyone, <laughs> anyone with that accent. Like, I really don't. No, it's it's this weird creation. I don't, yeah, I don't know, know where it's, it's come so from. Strange. It's so strange. Yeah. So after the mission, we are back to the house, and it's time for some pre-banishment discussions. And here's where Kyle begins to tell people about what Cody said at breakfast. Although he doesn't yeah. name Cody, he's quite wary. Yeah. So he tells people that. You know, someone said something to him that was a bit suspicious, but he wants to keep Cody's name until he feels like he's ready or until the round table when it's time. Rachel is still gunning for Kate, of course. <laughs> the, this, this brilliant rivalry between the two of them. And a few people are starting to mention Kyle because of what we've talked about, because he's kind of, he's quite big-mouthed maybe. He's, yeah. he's trying to take charge. He's going from person to person, giving his theories. And some people find that a bit too controlling and maybe a bit too well they think it's obvious that he's a traitor we know that he isn't really my favorite part of these discussions is right before they go into the banishment room kate says to kyle i'm not voting for you kyle says to kate yeah i'm not going to vote for you 10 minutes later they vote for one another yeah yeah yeah, yeah. at the round table uh we begin with andy pointing the finger at kyle and bringing up this idea that he's strategizing a bit too much and it makes yeah. him seem either a bit sneaky or a bit disingenuous. Kyle then takes the opportunity to deflect attention away from himself and he tells everybody about 
Cody and what Cody said at breakfast, you know, yeah. that Ryan apparently named some suspects before he was killed off. Kyle also claims that Cody is the most likely to be a traitor because he's done it. Bef- he says he's done it before twice. And it's not very clear, but it's a reference to the fact that Cody was a contestant on Big Brother in America. Yeah. And yeah. from what I understand, the American Big Brother does involve a bit more... Uh, sort of planning and scheming and conniving than maybe the British version. So because of the way Cody behaved on that reality programme, Kyle reckons he's a bit of a backstabber and he'd be great at being a traitor. Stephanie also accuses Cody of being quite awkward and quiet, and that's definitely something that I've noticed as a viewer. But, you know, Cody takes the opportunity, becomes a bit louder, he defends himself, he says that he just takes a while to get to know people, he just feels a wee bit uncomfortable at first... And, and I, I think people buy it. People seem to sort of back off him at that point. Rachel then turns to Kate uh, because she hates Kate and is backed up by Stephanie. What I find really interesting at this point is that we, we talked a little bit about Christian earlier being really sort of effervescent and constantly upbeat and maybe not a great actor. No one has ever brought up Christian at the round table. His name doesn't really ever seem to come in. He's kind of getting away with this like really yeah. mad act. Yeah, I thought early on, when, when Brandy mentioned him really early on, Christian, uh, I thought, yeah, she's pretty sharp. She's spotted what I thought, as, you, as we talked about earlier, maybe a little bit of overacting. He maybe spotted that. But ever since that, it's never been brought up, and he seems to be going completely under the radar. There was a lot of tension between Stephanie and Kate, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Kate is great TV during the voting every single time, lots of eye rolls um, yeah. <laughs> gives the impression that she, in a way on one hand is very annoyed, on the other hand kind of couldn't care less about all this and is quite flippant, uh, yeah. which is really, would probably be quite annoying if you were actually there trying to play the game with her but as brilliant TV as a viewer Yeah. and after all the votes are cast he ends up with four votes Kyle ends up with nine and we realise that Kyle is, of course, going to face banishment. Yeah. It's again, it's it's kind of wild to me that no one voted for Cody after what Kyle told them. It, yeah. it, Cody manages to completely escape this weird yeah. lie that he told, which is quite impressive. Again, there's a bit of tactical voting that comes into play, and this is something that happened in the previous episode when Michael turned over his vote. Now Michael ended up being voted out. But before that, he turned over his vote for Kate and said, Kate, I don't actually think you're a traitor. I'm just trying to save myself. Yeah. And this happens again here. Kyle says that actually he wants to vote for Cody, but he realises that there's no point because he hasn't yeah. convinced enough people. So he yeah. feels like he kind of has to vote for Kate, which is, which is, I mean, what, what do you think you would do in this situation? Would you stick with your instincts or do you think you might go with the crowd because there's strength in numbers? Yeah, because it's, it's got so tactical, isn't it? Because because there's still so many people clearly looking to get Kate out, particularly Stephanie and yeah. Rachel. They want Kate out. Um, I think that um, she's always going to get a proportion of the, the votes. But it, yeah, it does yeah. feel like she might never get enough to go. You know, uh, <laughs> seems to avoid, but because she's been at that in that situation almost every round table in some shape or form. So yeah. it feels like Kate will take some of the votes. So there has to be there, you know, there'll have to be a little bit of tactics, but maybe they would all be better just going with their instincts and thinking a little bit less about who they like and who they don't like. It feels like. There's a, there's a popularity thing going on. In- yeah, I think I think you're right. The, the idea of a popularity contest becomes a big part 
of the voting system. Yeah. Now, after Kyle is given the most votes and he stands in the circle of truth, he's he's got this great sort of leaving speech where he very unsubtly points towards Cody as a traitor. He he, he implies that Cody's tricked them all. Um, and he, he tells them, my behaviour changed because I actually started to figure it out. Yeah. They all got played, take note, and then reveals that he's a faithful. Off he goes... The players start to have some more discussions about what's just happened. And it seems like maybe Cody's in the spotlight and they're starting yeah. to think, oh, maybe Kyle was trying to tell us something there. However, in this game, suspicions seem to change so quickly. So yeah, who day. knows? By by yeah. tomorrow, will they remember this? Will they have moved on to somebody else? Who knows? Now, the episode comes to a close with the traitors meeting to discuss who they want to murder tonight. Now, Alan talks directly to the viewers and tells us that Amanda has had to leave. So we know that she's out of the running. She's not going to be someone up for murder tonight. The traitors start to discuss Cody's dumb statements. Sari uh, seems really annoyed at him. I mean, so far, Sari's doing a great job of being yeah, a traitor. She's, she's, she's yeah. kind of flying under the radar. She's She seems like a good actress. So I think yeah. she gets really, really frustrated with the other two when yeah. they do daft things or they draw attention to themselves. At this moment, there's a bang on the door. The door opens, we cut to some reaction shots of the traitors who seem totally shocked by what's happening and the episode ends there. So John, you don't know what's coming next. What are your theories here? What are your predictions? Who's at the door? Well. I might have misheard this at the start, but I thought right at the very start that Alan said there'd be four traitors, right? I thought he said that. So okay. I was quite surprised when there was only three. So I wondered if there's someone else in there who is a traitor that we haven't up to this point haven't known about. A secret so, traitor? A secret traitor. That okay. one of them has been put in there to, I don't know, be a traitor against the traitors and the faithfuls. Yeah. I don't know, because it was a... It was a surprise because if anyone's at that door, then obviously they're going to know, you know, and the game's up at that point. So there has to be. So I thought he said there was four traitors at the very start of it, and I was surprised that there was only three. But I kind of moved on. I thought, oh, I've I've got that wrong. And and after I watched the end of it, I was like, did he say there was four? And is there somebody else in there who's also a traitor and has been keeping an eye on both parties? Okay. So I don't know. That's my theory. Okay. I will neither confirm nor deny that. No. If you were a traitor, is there anyone you would have your eye on for murdering next? Yeah, Stephanie. Okay, why Stephanie? Because Stephanie is, she's starting to doubt a couple of things about Cerise because she's thinking, oh, we've got, I've got a relationship with her. Yep. Um, she will, she's fixated a little bit on Kate at the moment, but to me, killing Stephanie, I would that would keep the eye on Kate to a certain degree and I think Kate will survive in spite of the eyes on her because I think that there's there's so many things have happened that, that in, in other directions that they keep getting drawn away from so she never quite gets enough votes so I'd want to keep an eye on Kate but for some people it would be too obvious if she killed Stephanie so I would do the obvious one if it was Kate this time because most of the time they've tried to to murder someone who is throwing an eye, a, a span on the works to get a better that doesn't make any sense well I would do one that kind of does make sense Okay, okay. 
Now, some overall thoughts on the traitors. How do you think they're doing? Uh, is there any? Is there anyone you think you can see making it to the end? Is there any of the traitors you think might not last much longer? I think Cody's on borrowed time. Okay. Um, I, I think he. I don't know if he's just struggling with uh, having to work behind everyone's back because I think maybe there's a bit of him that wants to be popular and wants to be friends with people. And he struggles a little bit with that. Christian, I think he's a little bit, he's a bit madcap, but I think he'll be okay. I think he's comfortable with it. And then, am I right in saying he's a veteran? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so he'll, you know, he'll be comfortable under stress. So he'll be okay with stuff like that. But I think, um, I think Cerise is really good. I think she's, she, I think she'd be really convincing as not being a traitor if you were there. Yes. Um, And she hasn't made many mistakes and people seem to like her. Uh, and she's not overly mouthy, and she's not, you know, she's not too opinionated. And she's not drawing attention to herself. So I think she's got a real chance. I, I think you're right about that. She's she seems to have people's trust, and I reckon one of one of the ways of surviving as a traitor in this game is to make friends, is to make yeah. people like you and trust you. Now, John, before we move on to our trade, our traitor reveal, you've got some exciting things coming up with the band that you're going to tell us about. Yeah, yeah, Bison Hip. We've just finished uh, mixing our new album. Uh, so we've got a single coming out in early February. Um, and then the album comes out on the 8th of April. We'll be launching the album that very day in HMV in Glasgow. So uh, come down and see us live that afternoon. And then after that, our first gig after that is in May. On May the 28th, we are appearing at the Glasgow Blues and Rock Festival in Oranmore. It's going to be a great day with uh, us and a number of other bands and my friend Ainsley Lister as the headline. He's fantastic, so it's going to be a brilliant day. So we're going to be looking to get everybody down there to catch us on our first show. Yeah, that's fantastic. The loads of lots, you know, lots of different things coming up there to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. We're really excited about it. We're re- we're really uh, buzzing about the album and buzzing about that first gig and getting out and fr- playing in front of people. It's exciting stuff. And where can people find out more about Bison Hip online, John? You can find us at bisonhip.com. Um, we're on everywhere, all the usual places, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We've got loads and loads of videos up there. You can find all our music in the usual places, Amazon, Apple, Spotify. Uh, we've got two EPs that are out already and the album coming soon. So, yeah, we're out there. You can just look for us at bisonhip.com. Fantastic. And I'll share all of those details on the show notes for the episode. Excellent. That's great. Now it's time for our Trader Traitor Reveal. So throughout the episode, John, I have told you a lie. Did you tell me a lie? I did. Okay. I'm going to guess your lie. Now I, I've been I've got this wrong every time so far. Right. But I'm gonna go for it here. I can't think of that many things that you told me that it, that could be false. Except, is it a lie that you had a caravan in Aberfeldy? Yeah, it was in Port Patrick. Yay! Yay I got well it. Done. <laughs> First time I've detected I, a lie. I actually gave you two. Oh. Because I said that I was a big fan of the Olympics and I hate the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, so there, there was two there you could have had. But yeah, that was the, that, the Olympics one was a bit of a kind of last minute thought, but the Aberfeldy one was, uh, no, it was, we had a caravan in Port Patrick. So yeah, you got me. <laughs> Any idea what I told you a lie about? I think you lied about having medals on the side of your, the board there. I don't think you've got all those medals written on a piece of paper on the side of your board. 
Oh. Have I'm going to hold a bit of paper up to the camera. Yeah, I, I, I actually do have that on. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> I have a cast list of, <laughs> right. of who everybody okay. is, what shows they've been on, and I have a wee note for Ryan, 12-time Olympic swimmer. Yeah. Well, well, you've got you're very detailed then. Well done. <laughs> Shall I reveal my lie to you? Yeah. It was, it was about the program. It was about Alan. I I made up a lie that after five or six episodes, he, he was told throwing a thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't really told to stop throwing their pictures on the floor by the owners of the house. That was yeah. just total nonsense. Right, okay. I didn't I didn't think that at the time, but then when you <laughs> and then when you when you when you said you had twelve, and I thought he's never going to have that on the board. <laughs> oh well, well done, well done. I tricked you. I got away with it. Hooray! Good. Well, so, you you would be a better traitor than me then. <laughs> Maybe I would. Well, John, it's been fantastic having you as a guest on this episode of The Trader. Hope you enjoyed it. I did. Thanks for having me. It was great. Brilliant. Thank you so, so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Great. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Trader. Again, it's great to see the listener numbers climbing. Please give the podcast a follow on whatever platform you're using and leaving a quick review would be really appreciated too to help spread the word. You can get in touch and take part in podcast polls and questions on Instagram at The Trader Podcast or on Twitter at The Trader Pod or you can email at The Trader Podcast at gmail.com. I'll talk to you next time for episode six. In the meantime, stay faithful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM.